You are listening to Get Real Podcast. Listeners might not realize that we've actually taken a little bit of a break. We, we still have. It's been how long? A month? <laughs> Two months. Two months. Two months since we've been in El Fishbowl. It was nice to take a break, but I told you a while ago I, I missed it. I missed being here in the fishbowl hanging out. and I, and I missed it too. And it's so good to be back in here. But you know what? During the break I was able to do, I was able to work on my side project. Okay. It's my death metal Barry Manilow cover band. I think that's good. <laughs> yeah. I <The> just... Copa. <laughs> Copa Cabana. <laughs> oh. oh boy, here we go. Starting the uh starting the new year off with cheesy jokes right here in the, the in the fiscal. <laughs> the year just slowed down. However, just uh, just last week, and we're gonna talk about this in this edition, um my friend Donnie and I, we went down to the East Coast Metal Church on Merritt Island in Florida. And you're very familiar with that area. I that am. Area. I know Merritt Island. Uh, wonderful ministry there. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But on the way back, uh, we were getting a little bit slap happy in the car on the way back up. And I looked at him. I was like, dude, I got the perfect idea for an awesome metal project. We can do covers of VeggieTale tunes in the death metal genre and call the band The Moshed Potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think? You huh? know, I mean, Fred, I just got all just, this break gave me all these ideas, man. The juices are flowing. I think you're definitely on a roll. I just have confirmation with all of that. I think you should put all your money there. And just <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. Take a step of uh, flake. Flake. <laughs> <laughs> That's the opposite of the step of faith. That's it. That's it. But I did get to go to the East Coast Metal Church, and I love how I wound up there just a few months ago. As our listeners know, I was in Tampa, Florida to see Delane, Amorphous, and Somnit, Ryman's band from the guy from Armor of God as well. 
And Carla and Orlando were there. And Carla looked at me in between sets. She's like, you need to come to see us at East Coast Metal Church on January 4th. Well, what am I going to say to that? I mean, it's only like a four to six hour drive down there. And really no excuse not to go because I had the time off. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hey, this is going to be a great opportunity. And Orlando was like, you know, you really need to interview the pastor there. Now, I really don't know much about this church until I start researching it a little bit and actually get there. I've been to their home church twice. The East Coast Christian Center. Yes. Yes. And I had the opportunity to participate in their Saturday night night service. Okay. And the preaching from the head pastor there at East Coast Christian Center. Wow. I walked out encouraged, refreshed, and ready to take on the world. Now, now, of course, when I get back on Monday, all hell breaks loose in my life, but that's okay. You know, that's just confirmation of uh, of what happened there. But here's the thing, and this is what I want people to understand. We're going to take a look at the Old Testament, something in the Old Testament, a mystery. We're going to talk about mysteries today. We're going to talk about the mystery of metal. There we go. <laughs> and how it ties into scripture. And then we're going to take a look at the old uh, at the New Testament after we listen to the interview that I had with Pastor Kevin at the church. So a lot of people, when you say metal church or heavy metal church, what do you think it, the reaction is? Uh, maybe eye roll, misunderstanding, go like, that sounds like uh, an oxymoron. How would metal and church go together? And, and... Yeah, exactly. Uh, we are very quick in our flesh to judge things very quickly and denounce. no that can't that 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 can't be of god no no that can't be and that's where we need to be really really careful because if you go back in scripture and you take a look at certain things god does specifically talk about metal style music in the scripture especially in speaking of the prophets and i'm going to want to take a look at the book of habakkuk and something that habakkuk did this sounds like Handcook tires, doesn't it? Habakkuk <laughs> tires. <laughs> when you take a look at Habakkuk chapter three, a lot of times we skip over words that we don't understand in scripture. In the King James Version, Habakkuk 3 1, it says, A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet upon a Shiganoth. Well, what in the world is a Shiganoth? Have you ever thought about that? I think I ordered that at a barbecue place. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like a shiganoth. I'd like a side of shiganoth, please. But in the King James Version, in parentheses, it has probably a musical term. And a lot of times we think, hey, that might be a musical instrument. Nobody really knows, but there's nothing in scripture. There's not one single thing in there that is not, does not have some sort of meaning. The however's in there have deep meaning. The then's and the but's have deep meaning. Well, this word shiganoth, it is a musical term. And we know that the chapter three of the book of Habakkuk is a song because the last verse of it, he says this to the chief singer on my stringed instruments. So Habakkuk's prayer is actually a song. That whole chapter three is a song. And if you go back and you take a look and you do a deep dive into the Hebrew, you start to find some things that become a little bit uncomfortable. And that word shiganoth is usually rendered a hymn and when we think of hymns we think of certain things uh, a certain style of music with hymns but it's also rendered as a dithyram i'm using all these big words dithyram all right now a dithyram was a style of choral praise that was pretty wild given to the greek god dionysus so a hymn to dionysus would be a dithyram it was a wild choral hymn and where was that used? That was also in Habakkuk? Yes. Dithyram. Dithyram. That is what the Shiganoth. Shiganoth. Shiganoth is like a dithyram. So it's a wild, 
uh, worldly, what we would consider worldly type of praise. That okay. Can you elaborate on that? I, I sure. need some deets. I can. Here's some deets. Here's when you take a look at the different words that are associated with the word shiganoth in Hebrew. It's a word that means rhymed prose. Okay, so it's got lyrical content to okay. it. A dirge. Okay. To rave. And, to rage. It, rave, would that be a modern meaning? <laughs> no, not that. Not that. No, but more of a, I know, no, a, a rant. Of, okay, yes, yes I got rant, it. A rant, a violent um, form of expression okay. is what a shiganoff is. So, like many things in scripture, and I feel a follow up program coming to a lot of this, uh-huh. but. To me, scripture bends that direction. It bends towards the melancholy. It bends towards the brutal truth. It bends yes. towards the the savage, the passionate, the uh it really does. It does. And we try to vegetale it to use that. Or, you right. know, no, yeah, you're exactly to, right. We'll, yeah. we'll take like um uh, the other day I was kind of uh doing a fresh you know, when you read, and especially if you were in a cult and you kind of went into the desert for a long time yeah. and then you come back in and start reading the word. When I read the about the account of Noah and the ark, and you're literally looking at that and you're going like, whoa, only eight people. And yeah. that's heavy. And then you think you think about is the uh what is it on the uh like the walls of the nursery with oh, yeah. the happy yes, animals? Uh, yeah, so, the, the smiling giraffe. Yeah, and we, we, there's we, no awaving at everybody as the bar the, the, as the ark is going by. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's like, like like Captain Stubing up there. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're fine, your dad, buddy. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> what is that? The normal elf wall? the normal yeah, wall. Okay. <laughs> on elf. Bye, buddy. I hope you find like your dad. dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead, Shuganeth. So it means also to lament violently. So it is a violent, passionate song full of rage. I almost want to substitute a couple of those words when I stump my toe. I don't want to say the Sunday school word. Right. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Here, I'm going to be like, shigging off. Shigging off. <laughs> Here's the problem. We are really too religious for our own good. We are. We really are. When you take a look at Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter three in the King James Version, it really kind of diminishes the lyrical value or the lyrical quality of the text. When you look at it in the NIV, it's kind of like reading the liner notes to an album. I, I have the NIV uh, for Habakkuk right here. This is what and it is. And that's interesting because you don't normally bend NIV. I, I usually don't. The, ne- I usually the never don't. intended the version. version. I, I, but I there's don't care for it, but I guess there's aspects, probably something. There are some aspects, and as we've talked about, there's some aspects of the King James that are quite skewed. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, so, I see that too. I used to be more on the King James only side. Right. The, yeah, we could get into the whole those NIV days. Thing, uh, yeah, for yeah. us are over. But uh, <laughs> when you take a look at different texts and compare the different texts, but you got to go back to the Hebrew is what you really have gotcha. to do. Well, and that's an Old Testament application. I know in the New Testament, not to get too nerdy, but when it ever it would refer to Mary, the King James was talking about carnal knowledge. She knew not a man. And then it would refer in the NIV, she had no husband, which made that very critical point of doctrine rather nebulous. And it's mm-hmm. like, mm, that's a little crevice I yeah. don't like. But in Old Testament application, I really don't know. Yes. So. so here we go. Here are the words to Habakkuk chapter three out of the NIV. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. God came from Taman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. 
His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from his hand where his power was hidden. Wow. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is beautiful. So it's very primal and it's very uh, authentic. It's like a soul looking at the the sunrise. It's the main event. Yeah. You're not going to outdo it. You're not going to outshine the sunrise. No, you're not. You you can in some sort of presumptuous narcissistic delusion but you you're not gonna outshine the sunrise you know that's that's beautiful actually it is i don't know where taman is i I don't either there's a lot you want to do a deep study yeah there's a lot in here and even when you take a look at what is when it says habakkuk's prayer Mm -hmm. i looked at that this morning everything here is just chock full of just mysteries yeah and a prayer can also be a song you can pray in song in lyrical form well, think of the songs that move you the most. They're the ones that sound like a heart cry. Yes. It resonates, you know. It mm. does. It does. So when you go back and you take a look at the Old Testament, yes, there are forms of metal at that time or characteristics, I would say, of metal. They did. I don't think they had electric guitars back then. They had some instruments that we don't know about. Okay. Well, let's, let's kind of define metal. We use that word in a modern sense to, to say something. What does that mean? It's it's heavy. Mm-hmm. It's usually quite melancholy. Right. People would see from the outside that they think it's maybe a little preoccupied with the reality of death. Yes. There would be um, screaming and extreme forms of passionate expression that would be right. allocated. And also passion of expression through solemn and soft as well. Yeah. You have the you have the highs and you have the lows really highlighted in, in metal. And I also, I, and we've talked about this many times before that within heavy metal, it seems like, uh, there's no real, it's an honest genre. Typically, obviously there's people trying to, you know, they want to pay the bills. I get that. And then there's people that are like just in it for whatever the the thing is, but typically, especially in the United States now, because frankly, metal is not that popular. I think it's coming back or whatever. Um, but I think the people that do it really love it and they feel like it's an honest extension of what they feel like is going on in their heart. Yeah. They're not making big bucks doing it. Let's put it that way. The, yeah. the, the days of the glam metal, which I really believe were a period of time when Satan really got in there to make it look kind of stupid in yeah. a way. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, that's a foolish genre. The you know, the Twisted Sister and all that stuff, yeah. you know. Now I enjoy, I enjoy the Twisted Sister, sister videos. <laughs> I want to rock. I want to rock or we're not going to take it, you know. That's <laughs> that's funny, okay. That's fun yeah. stuff. But it was, yeah, it got very effeminate and blended the gender role. I did a lot of weird, weird things with uh, like social narratives and so forth. Yeah. But it, it wasn't that primal expression like no. maybe what black sabbath you've referred to when you and, go back to the early days of sabbath yes yeah and you yeah. hear this this heart cry this frustration this angst this honesty and there's also there's a lot of times i know like even missing being in here with you i can talk to other friends i can talk to my family but the depth of expression subject matter and nerdery that you and i can like go into we enjoy that. That's my, you like that bright thought. Yeah, yes. <laughs> that happens every time that I have a bright thought. We get a, we get a signal. <laughs> I get that heavenly confirmation. But you know what I'm talking about? There's oh, yeah. things that you and I can talk about and go, wow, that's really weird. And then other people are like, oh, really? How about them tigers? And I'm like, ah. Yeah. Well, that's like the difference between a Nevermore song 
and Jack Johnson's banana pancakes. Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. I, I went to get my haircut and I went to one of the sports places uh-huh. and, and the girl was nice, but she was like, so do you like sports? And I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> I played them. Mm-hmm. I love surfing. If they turned all the channels to surfing or even skating or, or, you know, whatever I'm like, and it's not that I don't like a good college game, but there's no soul in it. All this, like, it's just like go tigers. I don't know. Some people get that. Not knocking it if they do. Hey, dude, you know how excited I am about the Super Bowl? Probably about snacks. <laughs> if somebody invited you to a party. That's about it. Yeah, the snacks and maybe a few of the TV I commercials. I haven't watched it in years. Uh, you haven't missed much of anything. Great. You really haven't missed much of anything. Okay, I got you off. Shigging so, off. So, going and speaking with Pastor Kevin at East Coast Metal Church. Great interview. Yes. And we're going to share that within our listeners in just a moment. The whole time I was sitting there talking to him, I just wanted to jump out of my chair and just jump for joy. I just started smiling the whole time he's talking because the heartbeat of that ministry is to reach out to the darkest of the dark places. Mm. They have a heart to see people and they will say it very clearly to be saved and not to go to hell. You don't hear that very often in a lot of churches. No, it's just kind of kind of like, yeah, well, you know, Jesus going to make your life better and, you know, we're going to straighten you out and everything like that. Well, people from the outside could hear, oh, it's a, it's a metal ministry. And they're like, and people that don't get heavy metal or don't understand, they understand that they're ministering through music. Yes. It's got a really sacred purpose. And also it's got a recognition of something. Metal is just not, I think if you took people and gave them brain scans, and took heavy metal fans versus the rest of the world, there would be some different pattern. Part of it's circuitry. There was a reason in college that I had trouble studying unless I listened to heavy duty classical, like Tchaikovsky or you know, something, and it, it had or jazz, it's it's going here, it's going there. And then I could think. I get yeah. there's some sort of um I don't know, psychological or, or there, there, there's some something going on in the brain. And I think that it's not just, that's what the genre reflects. There's people that it moves and speaks to. Mm-hmm. So it's a cultural thing. I, I don't know. Here's something that I discovered while I was there. We interviewed Pastor Kevin before the Armor of God show. Whoa. <laughs> Armor we, of God rock. Oh, we saw them over a year ago at Winter Park. I saw them three years ago in Tampa. Where they are now... I was just like, I can't believe, I mean, it's just, wow. Okay. And my friend Donnie, who was with us, he's like, he had never seen them before or heard of them before. He's like, wow. Yeah. To our listeners, if you haven't checked out Armor of God, God. (laughs) they're, they're wonderful and they're the sweetest people. Every member of the band is is awesome. They are. But with the uh, interview with, with Pastor Kevin, when we were talking to him, one of the things that he said some of the things that you said is that people that are metal, they're wired differently. They're very aggressive. And those are the ones that Satan wants to hold on to because once they get set free with that aggressiveness, that's built into them with the kingdom, Mm -hmm. watch out, you know, just watch out. But going back to what was going on in the metal church, seeing the people that were there, it was a diverse group of people. There were old people there. There were young people there. There were kids there. There were people from the metal community that were there. There were diverse cultural backgrounds there. 
And one of the things that was really cool was that there were a lot of people that have special needs that were there. Hmm. And Donnie and I, we were talking about it a little bit, and I've talked about this and kind of seen this a little bit in my own life. When you have those things with your brain, it helps your brain in a lot of ways. There's things that metal does with everything that's going on. And everybody that was there, it was a real sense of community. It was really awesome. Every time we've had any interaction, especially in Florida with the whole metal community, um, they've been wonderful. They have it's been. A, it's a real interesting dynamic, what that music does. It's an expression of some, it's a gift of God. It's like when people are like, God didn't give that kind of music. That's devil music. It's not really. If you look, I was talking to my wife this morning, and we were talking about the Hall of Faith and and the different people that are lined up in that particular part of Hebrews. And you think about a lot of them, like a Samson. You could, And you look at the common denominator between all of them. They were all passionate. Yes. And it wasn't like they won the Goody Two Shoes Award. There was some really spicy stuff up in there, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well, David and, and this and, and Samson and, and Rahab. And, and we've talked about that before, but I'm still amazed at how passion, and I think metal is a very passionate music. And a lot of people walk around with a lot of dynamic thought life. A lot of things that they have to keep inside, a lot of things that they have to resist about their own. They could get themselves in trouble by just following their id, right? <laughs> and they just go crazy, you know, <laughs> like they need the, the restraint of the superego or whatever. But it's like I, they're walking around and they have all this kind of consternation of thought and metal becomes this release from all of that um, that that passion. It becomes an expression and they would have trouble expressing that through just normal conversational yes. means. I think when you talk about that release, I think it is one of the steps that gets you a step closer to what the scripture refers to as high praise. Hmm. I think it is one of those steps that gets to gets to the level of a high high praise because it's just so such a abandoned release of everything. I, I think it become, can become a very authentic, and I don't mean these terms in a in, in a new age form at all. In a scriptural understanding, um, I think it can be a very authentic and primal expression of life, and that that could sound like oh, and the energy. No, I'm talking about God's world. God made music. God made our human psyche. We're here dealing with inward fallenness and living in the midst of outward fallenness, but we sit here and music resonates. And when you have that release, I think it's a true expression of, of life. And there's so much going on in our minds in this modern age. Sometimes I just want to go herd goats, you know, Oh, I I do. I mean, it's like, I'm like, Oh, what I got to do this property tax form and, and things are hitting me at 900 miles an hour. And I'm like, I just kind of want to check out and raise chickens and, be a goat herder and, and, you know, play the didgeridoo on the side of the road, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, occasionally. And Glenn, I think I listened to this thing for our listeners. If you, if you love music, which most of you probably do, you might want to YouTube, um, electric guitar Sahara desert. Okay. And it'll blow your mind what you'll see because there's these people that are wonderful musicians. Glenn, some of them grew up in war torn, impoverished, they don't have anything. They're trying to build their own guitars, but they heard music. And then these impoverished people start playing this music. And it it 
resonates with life with a, a true passionate expression. And I think we're touching on yeah. that. And in the modern age, that can be um, a rarity. It can be. But if you go back to the roots of rock and roll and the British invasion, most of those bands like The Who, like Sabbath, The Beatles, they came out of war torn. War torn Britain. Britain. And, and you're exactly right. So there is that emotional angst, that passion. And I think the, the Shiganoth, is that Shiganoth, what it's called? Yep. Mm-hmm. This represents something that I think metal fans can understand because it's not jack johnson or kenny g and we're not knocking you if you love them that's fine you play that at your wedding great congratulations play that in your closet that's okay <laughs> but when i hear that i'm like five four three two one i'm gonna freak right i gotta get out of here it's just not something that works with the the way that our minds are constructed yeah. but yet something that 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 brings that um that release that's that's of god it's not always used in his direction but he's the author of it. Exactly. And that's what I like about what you're going to hear, what Pastor Kevin is doing with East Coast Metal Church. He is moving it in that direction to use this genre to help people understand the gospel and to point them straight to the creator of all music. Right. To the creator of all music. That's beautiful. It is absolutely beautiful. And the proof is in the pudding. And this is the proof in the pudding for me. When you start talking about the salvation of souls and not compromising the gospel, to me, my friend, that is fruit and i can hang with this guy any day because the music is not the priority the priority no. is the ministry exactly and the passion in the music and so forth that's it's beautiful it's living it it's is. like anything else so let's uh go back in time and listen to the interview that i was able to have with pastor kevin radlin from the east coast metal church and we'll be back and i want to talk about something from the new testament and apply it to what pastor kevin is doing so we'll it's be not right that back. button the time machine's the oh, other oh button. the other button I am here at the East Coast Metal Church on Merritt Island, Florida, and I am with Pastor Kevin Radlin, the pastor of East Coast Metal Church. Pastor Kevin, can you share with us what East Coast Metal Church is and what its vision and mission is? Sure. East Coast Metal Church is actually an evangelistic outreach of our church here at East Coast Christian Center, and uh, the goal of it is to center around and, and reach out to metal and rock listeners today. Uh, you know, uh, its vision really is to reach into an area that other churches may just uh, turn away from. They, they, it's too much work. It, it's, you know, we want to go where other people have not really gone before. You know, we want to take the message of Christ, bring it into a relevant atmosphere, you know, somewhere where somebody that listens to rock and metal can feel like, hey, I, you know what, I think I could fit here. And then uh, we, we take that and, and we get people to a place where they feel comfortable enough to maybe let their guard down, just kind of hear the message of Christ, uh, maybe allow that message into their heart and, uh, you know, and just share Christ's love with them. You know, our, uh, the, when you say the mission, you know, our mission really is this, you know, we want to take back, listen to what I'm saying here, we want to take back you know, the music that Satan has stolen from God and used it as a tool to reach this extreme people group. You know, there's a group of people out there that are just extreme. And and metal music was designed because God designed those people extreme. They're 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 crazy and 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 and, and zealous. But right now the enemy has them in this place where they're just zealous for the wrong thing. So our mission is to take the music back and to take the people back, you know, and to reach out and, uh, you know, metal music belongs to God. 
That's the bottom line. And the, and the, the people that God has called to live a metal lifestyle, you see, these people will do radical things for the kingdom of God. Uh, when you get them turned on, it, it, it's incredible the, the amount of work and, and the amount of enthusiasm and, and drive that, that a, a metal head, a metal person or a rock driven uh, person has in their life. And that's why Satan, you know, he's used everything in his power to try to keep them in darkness because they forward his kingdom in a massive way. I really appreciate what you're saying because with what we've been doing with Lithos Cry and the Get Real podcast, we've been reaching out to pretty much the same community in a lot of ways. And we believe that's where the prophets and prophetesses are hiding right now of today, the one that God's going to use. And when you look at the prophets and the prophetesses of the Old Testament, most of them were musicians, and they used very extreme forms of music as well back in the Old Testament time. So this thing that metal isn't Christian or anything like that, I just don't buy it because it's all over Scripture. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't buy it either. I, I think that everything is a perversion of what God originally created. How long have you been doing this with East Coast Metal Church? Well, East Coast Metal Church, we just had our three-year anniversary uh, since we launched the actual service, and uh, you know, but this thing's been rolling around in my heart for 30 years. Uh, I was a heavy metal singer back in the 80s, uh, uh, did a Christian radio show back in the 90s. We talked a little bit about that beforehand. It was called Metal Church. That's where we still carried that on, even from the 90s, and... Uh, you know, uh, I've done Christian bands. I've I've fronted uh, four or five different Christian bands over the last fifteen years, and uh, sang every, everything from thrash to death metal, and gone out in churches and bars, and and just gone out and shared the gospel. But so metal church isn't just something that happened three years ago. This really just the it's like the cry of my heart to to reach the people uh, of metal. What was the spark that God revealed to you that this was what you were called to do? Wow. Okay. So, uh, you know, I would say what moved me to start Metal Church really was the heart for the metalhead him, themselves, you know, the guys and the girls that they're just crazy, you know. I mean, I, I look at it this way. Who's praying for Ozzy right now? Who's praying for Pantera? Who's praying for Led Zeppelin? These guys are so rooted in darkness, and and their their lives are so driven uh, by darkness. Who's actually reaching out to them? The church isn't praying for them. No. The church is condemning them. They're just telling everybody, you know, stay away from that, you know, when really we should be running headfirst into their environments with the gospel that is going to be the only thing is the gospel. It's the power of God into salvation, and it'll it'll save them because it saved me. And uh, that that's, you know, where I've gotten it. You know, I just have a burden for the metal world because I came out of that world, and there's millions of them. Yeah. There are millions of them. You know what that reminds me of is when Jesus took the disciples to go see the Gadarene in the tombs. That's not a place that the church today would go because they'd be afraid. I can only imagine what the disciples were thinking as they were heading to the graveyard where the Gadarene demoniac was. Right, right. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, if you really stop and you take a look at Scripture, I mean, Scripture is is metal. <laughs> There's Scripture can be brutal. There's some brutal things in the Bible. There's dark things in the Bible. It's all there, you know, and uh, I, I believe that metal music was probably even being played in some form even through through the ages. So, oh. you know. <laughs> ab ab absolutely. Um, 
when you started reaching out to the metal community and the music community, what were some of the steps that you took, especially here in Brevard County in Florida, that you took to start East Coast Metal Church, to bring it to where it is today? Wow. Uh, just a lot of different steps, uh, you know, that, that we took to, to get this thing off the ground. Uh, the biggest thing is, you know, prayer. You know, we, we had to first have the burden you know, we had the burden. I took the burden to God. I said, God, you know, I want to reach these people. Then we had to pray. We got to say, God, is this what you want us to do? Is this where you want us to go? So we, we with the green light, you know, from God, you can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength. And as we press forward and as we move into this, you know, the real drive has, has come from the fruit of the ministry. I mean, the first year of Metal Church, we had over 100 people give make a decision for Christ in our services and in our outreaches and and so forth. So, uh, you know, it's just been an an incredible thing to see God take uh, something like heavy metal music. We grab it. We take the darkness out of it. We build it back into a form of light and then shine it on people with the same exact guitar solos, some of the same uh, riffing and, and stuff that, you know, people grew up listening to. And then we uh, we change the lyrics and we make the song positive and, and people are like what how did you do that you know and the Holy Spirit's really given me a lot of inspiration on how to write these lyrics how to change them and how to transform them and you'd be surprised uh, some of the songs we don't even have to change no, no. you know that's the beauty of it yes yeah. so. I'm gonna ask you about that in a second but I'm gonna go off script for a second and ask sure. you a question yeah. Tell me your thoughts on the beat menace, demonic beats and chords and everything like that, um, because you were talking about the chords just a second ago. Sure, sure. I, I snicker at that a little bit, but I want to hear I want to hear your insights on that. Well, I, I don't believe there are any demonic beats. I don't believe that music in itself is is good or evil. I think music is a tool and it's based on the hands that it that it's put in as to whether it becomes good or evil because the bible teaches us that life and death are in the power of the tongue not in the power of the guitar chord not in the power of the drum beat you know so for me i believe it's what you say in music that makes it good or evil not what you play in music that makes it good or evil you see uh you know we have the ability to speak life and we have the ability to speak death with the same tongue the bible says a tongue who can tame it you know it's a crazy thing but for me it's a it's a powerful thing to take something that was once speaking death and then change the lyrics and speak life through the same exact song, the same exact thing. Uh, I believe that that is the power of transformation that words have. You know, words have power. So we have to always know and understand that what we are saying is is building either people up or it's tearing them down in their lives. And it's no different with music. Music is designed, it can be very worshipful, and we can enter into God's presence, or we can go into the darkest pits of the depths of darkness with with hatred and anger and, and murder and all the things that are found in death metal music, uh, you know. So it's really all about what you say, not what you play, in my heart. That's my opinion. So I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely wholeheartedly agree with that. So I know that we have listeners that would be interested in, they have a burden for the metal community, they'd be interested in doing something similar to what you're doing throughout the country. Um, what were some of the obstacles that you faced in 
carrying out what God called you to do with this ministry? And how did he carry you through those obstacles, especially when people were like, dude, you're on the edge, man. You're crazy. That's not something to do. You're crossing the line. How did you handle that? How did you handle those obstacles? Well, obviously the biggest obstacle when you're dealing with the church is the church. (laughs) The religious people, you know, I mean, not all of the church, but I'm fortunate to have leaders that believe in me and believe in in the vision that God's given me. But I would say judgment from other believers uh, who can't see the vision of what God is trying to do in this day and age. You know, we are, he's giving us creative ideas, witty inventions, and, and, and new ways to reach into uh, the dark places of this world. And, and, and people just judge it. You know, they don't even give it a, a chance. That, you know, and it's usually the people that have no fruit that are judging the fruit that you're having. You know, and it's a lot of times it's maybe even jealousy or embassy enviousness that does that but you know the the other obstacle is just getting people to commit sometimes you know to just say come on man do this live your life for god you know give up all these things you're really not benefiting from the lifestyle that you're living you know and and that that's been a huge obstacle you know we've had a lot of people dabble you know with metal church and they're they're coming around they're feeling it they're seeing the life of it but they just won't make that commitment and then uh you know and then the Obviously, the spiritual warfare that's involved in a ministry like this, it'd blow your mind what, what I face from a spiritual standpoint. Uh, just uh, we've got this uh, month, we've got Armor of God come into play, great band. And last year, they were when they played the same time last year, you know, I was actually in the hospital, almost lost my life. You know, my pancreas exploded. Uh, two out of three people are dead in a day from what happened to me. And uh, I was it happened the day before the show, uh, before they came. But, you know, the enemy is always trying to kill me. <laughs> he doesn't like this stuff. You know, he's he's trying to beat down the vision in my heart. He wants me to get he just tries to discourage you, get you tired. Uh, whatever it is you're doing out there, I'd encourage you, you know, that uh, if God has called you to do it, you're equipped. You're fully equipped. And, uh, you know, you, you have to work through that. I mean, you know, I've seen everything from witchcraft to mental attack, uh, depression, things like that, you know. And when you recognize it, it's easy to, to fight, you know. But sometimes it, you just you, you, you fall into those little traps and you got to kind of dig your way out. But uh, the enemy is looking for any angle that he can find to try to thwart metal ministry because those are his people. You know, he does not want us reaching metal people because once they get lit for God, like I did, they become world changers. They're not your sit around kind of, you know, they're like, hey, you know what, I'll punch you in the face for Jesus kind of people. And and the devil knows that because he, they're on his team because he grabbed them knowing that they were going to be one of the most aggressive people groups on the planet to, to hold his fort, you know, to hold his, you know, to be his armor bearers, you know, because I, I believe that the enemy really doesn't have any power other than the power we give him. Mm-hmm. So he's going to look for the most powerful group of people, and he's going to, to grab their power first. And I believe metalheads are powerful people. This is just exciting what you're sharing, because I've, I've been in this for about two years now, and God's grown what we've been doing and, and revealing different things. And I'm just learning so much by sitting here and so encouraged by what you're saying. Um, with Metal Church, we are 
temporal human beings. We're focused on the things around us. And it's very easy to get caught up in the genre. It's very easy to get caught up in the music. What is it that you do here to help the people that you're discipling keep the focus on serving God through metal rather than serving metal? How do you, how do you balance that? Well, you know, the, the biggest thing is keeping Jesus first, you know. We've got to make it about God. It can't be about ourselves. It can't be about, you know, metal music. Metal is, is what we do. It's the lifestyle that we live. It's, it's what we've chosen. But, but, you know, we serve a king, and his name is Jesus. And, you know, as, as a servant of the king, you know, our responsibility is to know what the king wants and, and, and to incorporate that. And, you know, our, our discipleship and, and, and being able to pull people in is really just uh, it's relational. It's uh, you know, if if we're all together, you know, we're strong. And the enemy always tries to separate us, to pick us off. So uh, the greatest discipleship that we have is our community and our fellowship with each other and, and our friendships. And so we work on uh, building the relationships with each other and with God. And in that, you know, everything else, the theology and all the different aspects of what we're uh, pulling together to try to make this ministry happen, just kind of get met, you know, so it's really kind of organic. I don't know any other way to explain it than to just say that it just kind of is, it's kind of growing as it goes and it's maturing. And I I don't even know where all it's going to go. I mean, I'm still trying to figure out some of the leadership strategies as we press into places like, you know, how do you build a team to, you know, set up uh, metal church in a bar, you know, and, and minister in, you know, communities and dark places. I mean, we do, we go all kinds of different places and do outreaches and stuff. It's really incredible. Mm-hmm. Some of the things God's doing right now. What is one of the most unique places that you've gone to do outreach at? <sighs> Let's see. Well, I would say, you know, uh, I actually have one of the managers at our, one of our local uh, strip clubs. He says, Hey, you know, uh, come in and, and, save as many of these girls as you can because we've got an endless supply. So I have some ladies, you know, involved with the metal church ministry and we'll take them in and uh, they'll go and just minister to these girls. They'll bring gifts. They'll bring baskets. They'll go in and talk to them for hours. I'll run security. I'll be outside making sure they're safe, making sure they get everything. But these ladies, they'll go in there and they'll sit down, you know, and these girls are not clothed, you know, I mean, and we've got women that are just that aggressive and that, bold for Jesus that they go in and just sit down and and have conversations and love on these girls. And uh, we've actually seen, uh, actually had one of the girls actually uh, come out of the business, asked me to marry her and her boyfriend and and transformed her whole life. You know, it's not all of them, but we're sowing seeds, you know, we're planting and going into, you know, areas like that. Uh, We'll go to festivals and different things and uh, set up the metal church tent, you know, and ask people if they need prayer and we'll see healings and miracles happening in our prayer tent, Uh, you know, because the Bible says signs and wonders will follow. Mm -hmm you know, the preaching of the gospel. So we just make sure we're preaching the gospel, which is the truth that, hey, Jesus loves you. And uh, from there, the miracles and the signs and the wonders do the rest. That's what it took for me. Yeah. So that's what it's going to take to reach a metal community. It's going to have to be supernatural because they're, they're not looking for natural. No, you know? no, they're not. And that's one of the things about metal heads. They're, they are looking for the supernatural. Uh, at one point in the church's history, it was the center of education. It was the center of the arts. 
I was the center of music. Right. And now, today, when you mention church, people have an aversion to it, especially metalheads. Why do you think there is such an aversion to church? Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it, you know, the problem is, is that people are looking at the church, and the church is full of fallen people. You know, we have to be looking at Jesus. You see, people are fallen and corrupt, even in the church. You know, pastors are real, and pastors are fake. Church people are, you know, they hurt people, and they judge other people. They look at people and talk down on them. Uh, But if you look to Jesus in, in a true personal relationship with Christ... I think that's where the key is, you know, is that we, we, we can't point people to an establishment in the metal community because they're anti-establishment. They're all about anarchy. Right. They, they don't want another, you know, place to go. They need a person. Yeah. They need somebody to follow. That's, you know, why Satan is so attractive to them because they want a leader. They don't want an establishment. They, they, the church has burned a lot of bridges with a lot of people in the world. And, uh, you know, I'm not knocking on the church because Jesus died for the church. But uh, the bottom line is we've got to uh, we got to point him to him because he's the only thing that's going to give us any uh, victory with with these people. You know, they need to meet a supernatural God who will change and transform their lives. They don't need to meet a Sunday morning service. They don't need to meet, you know, a message. They need to meet a person. His name is Jesus. And when they meet him, like I did, their lives will be changed and transformed forever. I knew we were in a good place when I walked in the lobby of the of the church. And you have on the wall to prevent, uh, to make it so that very few people from Brevard County go to hell. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, that's one of the goals of our senior pastor here at the church is that we want to make it hard to go to hell from Brevard County. You know, we're here in Merritt Island, Florida, Brevard County, and... Uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are dying every day. And, and you know, we want to create the, the strategies and the ideas that it's going to take to reach the people that are lost. You know, we can't expect them to just show up at the door. They're not going to just come. We have to go find them. You know, Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save those and, and that which was lost. You know, he's seeking and and saving them, you know, and I I think that God has got to give us more creative ideas in the church as to how to go out and get them. Now, the church is great for discipleship and bringing them in and and showing them how to have a relationship with God. I I think all that's great, but they're not going to knock at the door and go, hey, I'm here to get saved. You know, I want Jesus. They're living their lives and they're in sin and it's fun and and. You know, but it's going to end up like it did for me and like many other people. It's going to end up bringing you to a place of destruction in your life. And then where do you turn? You know, that's, you know, when we, we have to be there. Yeah. We have to be ready. We have to. And, and who's going after the metal group? There's not a lot of people that are saying, I want to reach metalhead people. You know, it's. No. Yeah, it's there, there's not at all. And when you say you're going to do that, people look at you like you're from Mars. They're oh, like, yeah. you, you know, what? Why are you going to do that? So going back to metal and the spiritual battle with metal, I want to ask you right now, at this point in time in the history of music, where when you turn on the secular radio, one minute you hear Skillet, and then on the same station, like five minutes later, you hear a ghost song. 
uh, two opposite ends of the of the spiritual spectrum going on at the same time. What do you perceive going on in terms of the spiritual battle for metal, and where do you believe metal is going right now? Well, I, I believe that metal is is being captured by the Spirit of God. It's just like any other music. I think that you're hearing these two dynamics happening because Satan is losing ground. Uh, he's losing ground, and he knows his time is short, and the kingdom of God is advancing, and those that take it will take it by force. And I, I believe that he would try to control all of that and keep it out, but there, the the demand is there, you know, and, and people are responding to light and truth because they've had darkness and they're tired of it, and they want to see uh, something new, something different, something fresh. So we are uh, seeing a, an incredible, I think, beginning of a, a, a revival in, in media and music. And I believe that we're going to see incredible things here in the near future with with music and metal. I, I can see Metal Church being in stadiums on tour, you know, wow. just open open shows full on. I mean, it's it's coming because the harvest is white. Jesus said the harvest is white, but the laborers are few, you know, and that's what I'm trying to do right now is I'm trying to recruit laborers to go into the field of heavy metal music and heavy metal uh, lifestyles and recruit those who will go and harvest that which is ready. They're ready. I was ready. I was tired of darkness. I was tired of addiction. I was tired of being a drunk, drug addicted uh, womanizing, you know, person. And I've found more joy in living my life for God and, and having a life of purity and, and, uh, living, you know, for, for Christ than I would have ever found in darkness. But see, they don't know because they've never tasted it. See, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You see, if nobody's willing to go and reach these people and give them a taste of what the truth is, what the gospel is, what real life feels like and looks like, a life living with the Savior, Jesus Christ, you know, at your side and in your heart and the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through your hands into this world and healing and, and deliverance happening all around you until they see that that is actually a possibility for them. They think they've got the best that there there is. Mm -hmm. Because they're just living for themselves, they're just fulfilling the lust of the flesh, and and you know, in doing that, they're going to end up empty. We always do. So, just a few minutes ago, you're talking about changing the lyrics to some of the songs, and some of the songs you really don't have to change much of the lyrics to because it's almost, it's almost right there. What song have you encountered? that is just chock full of scripture and logos, but just isn't there, but you don't need to change it that much. What one have you had the most experience with with that? Well, I mean, you've got, you know, songs like Metallica's Inner Sandman, for instance. You know, I mean, they're, you know, now I lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord. And, you know, there's little prayers that are already in the song. You know, uh, we took that song. It says, you know, exit light, enter night, take my hand. We're off to Never Neverland, and we'll just take the song and we'll say, you know, uh, exit night, enter light, take my hand, we're off to the promised land. You know, and it's like you haven't really changed much in the song, but you've flipped the entire meaning of it. But uh, there is so many things that, that are going on that way in, in music, and 
uh, you know, the thing is this, is, you know, the, the opposing factor and faction of most metal music is the love for Satan and darkness and hatred and violence. And, uh, you know, to me, that's a clear indicator that God is real, because how can you have a Satan if you don't have a God? <laughs> so, you know, in their worship for the, the darkness and, and for Satan himself, they're acknowledging that they believe in God. Yeah. You know, they just want don't want to serve him because they think he's a harsh taskmaster and they've never truly met him. It's like having this big uh, fantasy of how bad God is because they've been lied to by Satan and told that God is just this big guy in the sky ready to thwart them when they act up, you know, and that's just they just don't know God at all. Uh, you know, but evil must have good to be evil. So <laughs> metal music actually <laughs> preaches that God is real in most of yes. it. You know, there are some atheistic viewpoints in metal and so forth, but most of it's Satan worship. And if you're going to worship Satan, you have to acknowledge that if Satan is real, because he is is spoken of through Scripture, that God is real as well. So you know, we uh, it's the preaching through the music of darkness is a direct declaration that there is a light. Yeah. You know, you just haven't walked in it yet, you know. And James 1.14 says, But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. And you see, I believe that Satan is enticing people and dragging them away with the lust of their own flesh, with their own desires. Uh, you know, and then in John 3.19 it says, And this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. Right. But men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. You know, we we don't want to come to God because we don't want to acknowledge that our deeds are evil. I had to acknowledge that what I was doing wasn't wasn't good. You know, I spent uh, I had a guy one time, you know, when I gave my life when I gave my life to Christ, uh, I kind of walked away from it a little bit again. I came back and then I was going to a draft house to go. Uh, just have a few drinks and there was a guy standing out in front of the draft house that I went to high school with and he he had said or God had said to him go stand in front of this draft house because I'm going to bring somebody for you to talk to you know and when he saw it was me he's like God no not him I I went to school with him I know how hard he parties I know he's just gonna just laugh in my face and and tell me to go but but the bottom line was this is I was I was empty I had had enough and I had already been seeking God and he didn't know that, but he said, come to my house and, uh, watch this video on rock music. It was this old nineties videos. Oh, cheesy as ever. One of those. Or, okay. Yeah. You know, and I watched it and it gripped my heart. I was like, wow, what I'm doing is evil. You know, it's not good the way I'm living my life. And, uh, I had to come to terms with that, that, you know, my deeds were evil that I was walking in darkness and, and so I saw a light that day, and he says, you know, I, I said, well, I've already given my life to Jesus, but I'm not really living for him. He says, well, there's this thing, it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, we, uh, he says, I don't really know what it is, but, you know, we pray a prayer, and then the power of God will hit you, you know, and, and do all, it, it'll change your whole life. And uh, I was like, okay, well, let's, uh, let's go for it, you know, and I prayed that prayer. And it was like a lightning bolt from heaven hit me when I prayed that prayer. It knocked me to the ground. I was shaking. And it literally, I believe, drove the demonic influence mm-hmm. out of my life. You know, I was instantly delivered yeah. from alcohol, drugs. I mean, I literally was a drug dealer on Friday selling 
uh, pot at work and, and drugs at work. And I came back Monday with a cross on my hard hat going, hey, you know what? I'm living for Jesus now. <laughs> and that was 32 years ago. So I'm still living still, for Christ. So, so it was real. It that, was that's the real. evidence. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and I believe that that's what every person is really looking for, to have a real life experience with God. And if you're out there, it's possible. You know, if you're hearing our voice today, know that God loves you and he's waiting for you to just simply surrender and say, God, I need you in my life today. It it, it will be, you know, an amazing transformation. You know, it all boils down to one thing in our life, you know, and that is this. We have a sin problem, Mm -hmm. you know, and our hearts are evil. Therefore, we need to be free from that sin. So God sent his son to pay the price for our sins and to set us free. So if you're walking in darkness like I was, I'm not judging anybody. I was there. I've done it. I've lived as ungodly as anybody can possibly live. Uh, but if you're walking in darkness, you simply turn to the light. You know, First John 1 John 1.7 says, But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, will purify us from all sin. So that's what it's all about, guys. Reaching the metal community with the uh, with the love of Christ, plain and simple. That is so simply but beautifully put. It's just that simple, and that's what makes it beautiful. the The whole concept of, and that's what a lot of people miss is the sin problem. Somebody asked me the other day, it's like, well, how come people buy into evolution? How come they buy into all this stuff? It's well, they don't want to deal with their sin. They don't want to deal with the fact that there's a creator. They'd rather think that they evolved from a amoeba that came out of primordial soup than have to deal with the issue of issue of sin. If somebody wanted to reach out to you, um, to East Coast Metal Church, come here and visit you, what are ways that our listeners can get in contact and even come visit East Coast Metal Church? Well, first of all, all of our information is on our website, and uh, we've got two web URLs. One is uh, www.ecmc.us for East Coast Metal Church, and then the other one is eastcoastmetalchurch.com. So, you know, if you can't remember the ECMC, it's easier to type, but uh, either one of those will get you to our website. Uh, We also have a Facebook page. You can hit uh, Facebook, East Coast Metal Church. And uh, you can also, if you want to get on our mailing list, you could send us your email. You can text that email number to uh, 321-749-7234, and we'll add you to our mailing list. We do a monthly newsletter. We keep everything kind of up to date on the website and so forth, different shows, different things. We, we share a lot of metal news and things that are happening here locally in the community. I know I've already got my... Uh, Metallica tickets for the big show. All right. <laughs> and, uh, Daytona, they got a big show okay. coming up and some things like that. Uh, you know, uh, we go to shows. I mean, I was at uh, Guns N' Roses and I prayed for the lady next to me and, and God healed her hand uh, right there in the middle of a Guns N' Roses show. So, uh, you know, just if you believe it, you know, God will oh. do it. You know, miracles happen every day. They do. They do. Pastor Kevin, thank you so much for taking the time. It was well worth the four-hour drive down here from Charleston, South Carolina, to come meet with you. And we're looking forward to what's going to happen tonight over in the sanctuary area. Yeah. Thank you so much, Pastor Kevin. Okay, so there is something in this interview that I want to kind of cue in on and was just really thinking about as we were doing the interview. He talked about how he takes certain songs 
kind of changes the words a little bit. Some of them not so much because they're just chock full of logos and truth already that you can just kind of use it and just put it in the proper mm-hmm. context to go. And I remember back in the 90s when we were um, in a different form, I would say, <laughs> um, we'd be like, well, that's bringing the world into the church. That's using worldly things to to attract people to the gospel. You can't, can't do that, Dan. Can't do that because we're letting the world into the church. That is the biggest wheelbarrow full of malarkey. I was going to say another word, but I'm going to keep it clean. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my stars. Oh, my stars. That is garbage. All right. All of these songs can be used to point people to the truth of the gospel. And Pastor Kevin is not the only one who has ever done this before. Lo and behold, there is a great man of faith that has done this. And his name was the Apostle Paul. Oh, yes. I'm going there. <laughs> oh, my stars. They, I am sorry for ruining people's construct of Scripture, the Bible, and the Apostle Paul. And we're going to destroy it a little bit more. Okay. I want to take a wrecking ball today. Okay. okay? Bring it. So I want to go back. One of the one of the accounts that you and I really like to hone in on is the account on Mars Hill. Yes. All right. Wonderful account of something that really happened in Greece. And as we all know, Paul was a very, very educated man. Well, in Acts chapter 17 at verse 28, Paul got up when he was at the altar of the unknown God. He said this, for in him we live and move and have our being. And then he continues to say, as certain also as your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. Now, for me, I have some trouble with this verse because it takes me back to the day of the overhead projector in the tambourine. And that song we used to sing, in him we live and move. Okay. All right. So, however, let's take the wrecking ball and just totally destroy this as to where this came from. And for our people that listen to us that are pagan, you may find this to be soothing in a way. And, And I hope that you understand these words for him in in him we live and move and have our being were not inspired by the holy spirit directly to the apostle paul at this time paul took this from another song all right the name of the song was the hymn to zeus and it was written by a person named epimenides and epimenides was a greek soothsayer prophet philosopher and poet did Epimenides believe in Christ? We don't know, but he did not write those words towards Christ. Now, here is the rest of the song of the hymn to Zeus. They fashioned a tomb for you, holy and high one. Cretans, always liars, evil beasts, idle bellies. But you are not dead. You live and abide forever. For in you we live and move and have our being. Paul quoted some of that. He quoted it directly word for word. He called them slow bellies. Yes, and eventually, Cretans, yes, yes, liars. the Cretans. That's where, yeah, that's where he gets that as well. A lot, a, a good portion of some of the things that Paul says comes from pagan literature. Dude, we need to bring that back, you know? 
like somebody in traffic, you have an altercation, you keep it godly. Yeah. You're going to use the King James, right? Right. <laughs> and you're going to be like, listen, slow belly. Listen, slow belly. You cretin. My dad always used to call people that annoyed him cretins. Oh, those, those cretins. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's so where it came when you from. in the flesh, keep it biblical. Keep it, keep it biblical or go back to Epimenides. All right? Slow bellies. Man, we're talking about Shiganoths, Epimenides. Slow uh, bellies. Slow bellies. Oh, I had Epimenides. Yes. One time, and I had to take a cycle of two cycles Did of you? antibiotics. Okay, Credica, <laughs> Credica is the name of the piece of literature that the hymn from Zeus comes from, and Paul lifted that directly from there. He took those lyrics and pointed them. Wait a minute, you think you're talking about Zeus? Zeus stole. Okay, there's logos in here. Somebody Epimenides probably had some contact or inspiration from something that he read in the Old Testament. Probably the book of Isaiah. Well, remember, Glenn, and I've got to find this. We interviewed the author that actually wrote that book, Eternity in Their Hearts. Yes. There's an account at the beginning of that that talks about the the poets were euphoric and motivated to even make the altar the, to the unknown God because yes. a prophet supposedly came into their midst and God, the one true God, reversed the plague and got rid of yes. uh, whatever was going on and killing everybody. And then they celebrated that. So there was, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, it's interesting. But interesting. there's another part here for we all, we, for we are also his offspring. That came from another piece of Greek literature that was not written in biblical context. It was written by a Cilician poet, Eridus. He was a Stoic and it came from his work pronounced phenomena. Phenomena is interesting because what Eratus tried to do is take all of these volumes of prose, uh, all of these writings about the weather and about astronomy and about the constellations, and turn it into songs. Hmm. Wait a minute, that sounds kind of familiar, doesn't yeah. it? We, we know we know some modern people that are that are doing that. Yeah. Devin Townsend, Nightwish. I mean, it's just all over the place. They're they're doing it. So what Paul did is he took this back. And from Phenomena, the uh, phrase for we are also his offspring, that's where that comes from. So Paul was pointing them to these two very revered pieces of Greek literature at the time saying, hey, guys, uh, all this stuff here in these songs, all right, um, they point to, to him. They, they point to Jehovah. They point mm. to Jesus, salvation mm. through Christ. So think about this for a minute. Uh, here we go. Wrecking ball once again. For Paul to know these things, he had to have listened to them and have had to study them. Hmm. <gasps> oh, my stars. I don't want my kids studying Greek mythology. And he saw God working in the lost in spite of their lack of knowledge because they were responding to reason, the creation around them. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And conscience. And he was drawing them in because that's the two things. We know that the scripture says you're without excuse if, because of the things that are made. Humans are made, the creation is all around you, and they're responding and singing like you were saying, almost like the like Devin Townsend looking at the heavens, yeah, looking at everything. Bending. Yeah. Very interesting, yeah. Glenn. And here was here's something in the research that I was doing on this that just completely mind explosion. All right. Phenomena is the only work written by Eratus that has been preserved in its entirety. All the rest of them are just in fragments. Mm -hmm. So God, by his divine hand, this work, Phenomena, where part of Acts chapter uh, 17 at verse 28 was taken from, has been preserved in its entirety so we can go back and read it 
in its entirety. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? That is fascinating. That, I was like, because it gives you it gives you a deeper understanding of what Paul is talking about because he was talking to people that grew up with this as part of their culture. Does that make sense? That's what Pastor it, Kevin's doing. Exactly. Yeah. So he's talking to somebody that is like, they're very familiar with um, uh, Black Sabbath. Yes. And they're very familiar with the way certain songs or certain topics move them. And then it's like, well, there was something in that, unless it was like you were saying Twisted Sister or just, you know, just something superficial, silly, yeah, just, just whatever. Fun Sex, entertainment, drugs, rock and roll. Entertainment, yeah. you know. But something that actually moves the soul. That's, that's really... Uh, that's oh, pretty dude, wild. We How could, much coffee did you drink before you went down that rabbit hole? We could, we could preach. Yeah, this is really strange because I started studying this in September, October, before I even thought I'd be going to Metal Church. God was preparing my heart to go there to meet Pastor Kevin and to put into context everything that was going on. Oh, and that's what Paul is doing here. He's doing prophetic arts. He's connecting the dots through arts and literature so people can see that's what Pastor Kevin's doing. Because that's the evidence of drawing. Remember? Yes. Remember the whole thing about faith? <laughs> yeah. Remember that one? Oh, it's this is like so exciting. God begins drawing and a lot of the things that are representative in, in art and in all these expressions, and other than just, have you noticed how art in the modern age, when it loses the aspect of the curiosity about the creation and about the creator and the... Uh, kind of uh, dealing with the reality of death and eternity and grieving. When you get away from those basic rudiments, okay, psychologically, it usually devolves into just really overt perversion. Yeah. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah, it's it like, does. It yeah. just goes straight in and it's like, you know what? That's boring. It may draw the eye. It may do this. It may, And then at the end of the day, you're like, this is just nothing but just perversion. And then somebody comes along and they have an expression that's, yeah, uh, yeah, this totally. is good, Glenn. And then Dan, thanks to you, oh no, and your generosity, you got me hooked up on Audible with a book that I've been listening to. I have it takes a while to get through it, but is the history of the church in plain language by oh, yeah. Bruce L. Shelley. Yeah. Right. So as I'm driving home from work one day, like <clears throat> half awake and you know trying to stay on the road, he starts talking about one of the early church fathers who anybody who's been to seminary really kind of knows about, and that is Clement of Alexandria. And when you take a look at who Clement of Alexandria was, Clement of Alexandria was doing exactly what Paul did, and he's doing exactly what Pastor Kevin at East Coast Metal Church is doing. Clement of Alexandria had a passion for pagan art because I believe because he saw the logos that was in it. And what Clement of Alexandria's ministry was, was to help people connect the dots, the pagans connect the dots. It's like, Hey, wait a minute. This is, you're talking about Jesus here. Let me show you in scripture. And there were many that were saved and he had a whole following at the time of solid Bible doctrine based upon what he was teaching out of, out of those documents and out of the art of the pagans. And here is one of the quotes of Clement of Alexandria. I was going through some of them and some of them were just absolutely beautiful. And this is what he wrote. I call him truly learned who brings everything to bear on the truth. Everything can point to even, even pastor mm. Kevin was saying, when you got a bunch of people pre, uh, singing hail Satan, well, that points to God too, because who created Satan? You exactly. would not have Satan. If, if you, you did not if have you God. bend out the perversion, it's going to lead you to the, it's going to lead you to the feet of Christ. It, yeah. it will it, without question. All right. He says, I, I call him truly learned who brings everything to bear on the truth. So that from geometry, music, 
grammar and philosophy itself, calling what is useful, he guards the faith against assault. Wow. So we like to earnestly contend for the faith. Yes. All right. Earnestly contending for the faith is not beating musicians over the head that you don't exactly agree with or don't like their style of music. It's not beating philosophers over the head. No, you're a, not wrong. Bam, down, right. you know, bad bunny. It's... <laughs> <laughs> You've been a bad bunny. <laughs> a real bad bunny. <laughs> so I'm going to smack it just like that. Now, what it is, is it's taking the truth out of there, calling it out to show the fullness of the truth that is in Christ, that is Logos. That is so beautiful because... Think of what you and I have talked about much of the modern American church and what we feel in parts of it or going into stuff. It seems like it has lost that. It has lost the freshness of the understanding that, listen, God is the God of everything. Being a prude or being like, well, that's not, or being religious, uh, joining some conveniently accessible group think um, and losing the wonder and the yeah. beauty and the mystery, just like what you're saying, something could be um, artistic. It could be moving into the romantic or the sexual. And I'm not talking inappropriately or in, a, in perversion. It could be in any area of life. And you understand that God was the author of all of it, of every possible note, every possible math sequence, every possible range of, of voice, audible, a threshold of feeling, uh, inaudible, you know, the all the frequencies and spectrum of, of light, all, all of it. And it will all go back right to the feet of him that made it all. And so when somebody's lost and they think they're going to step outside of his realm and do something, like you said, their most demonic things, they're not under the wrath of God because they just all of a sudden uh, went to... And, and listened to some black metal or did some spell yeah. or dabbled in the occult. Yeah. No, it's because we're all in a fallen world and exactly. we're all messed up and we all need Christ. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's good. Yes. Glenn, this is really good, dude. I, you must have bumped your head. I don't know what happened. Uh, something happened over the break while we were on <laughs> while we were on vacation. No, that, that's the thing is that we don't sit here and it's like, hey, Dan, let's come up with a good topic to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. This comes out of our experiences. It comes out of our walk with the Lord. I feel so refreshed. Phone conversations. Phone conversations. Life experiences. Uh, please understand that you hear us on, on the Get Real podcast, and it sounds like we kind of have it together. Uh, if you saw my life, it looks like the life of times of Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> okay? Peace <laughs> <laughs> <Peace are> gone. <laughs> I like when he stumbles it. That's not my favorite Star Wars movie. So you Star no. Wars people don't get mad at me. But it is funny how he's tripping it all over the battlefield and like he's winning the war. That's, that's the way. That's, that's kind of the way that saints are. There's that's, logos in that. There's total logos. There in we that. are. Oh we're my pulling goodness. from Glenn, the art. Glenn, we're and preaching. Pointing, pointing to the feet of Christ from Star Wars. I know, but we're preaching Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> how did this happen? Pastor Kevin, please help us. We could have picked us a, a better Star Wars movie than that one. But you know what? It's true. It is almost, if you look at the entire scripture and you, you, you take a satellite's viewpoint of it and you look down, it's like, you know what? It is comical. It is. It is almost slapstick comedy in the way that God is defeating his enemies. It's yeah. all in his hand. It's already it done. Is. And he uses us. Uh-huh. And that's kind of funny. 
It, it is. is funny, no, Glenn. It is because people. What are you going to go and knock out? Like, well, I'm going to go and do this big work for God. Really? And I'm not saying that people yeah. haven't. There's no. martyrs and all this. At the end of the day, okay. it's like I am Jar Jar Binks. I, yeah, you I, are Jar Jar Binks. I, I am Jar Jar Binks, and We're, I'm just I'm just going to give you an example of it. Okay. With with Rockfest coming up in June, okay. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Okay, I really don't. But God is gracing. Yeah. All right. You're Jar Jar Binks. I'm somebody better. <laughs> Qui Gon. No. <laughs> no, but Pastor Kevin and his ministry at East Coast Metal Church at Merritt Island, Florida. Check them out. They're online. Uh, go check out their website if you have the opportunity to go see what they're doing. Go see them. Check out our friends, Armor of God. They have grown immensely. Damn, the lyrical content of their music is deep. It's gotten deeper. Theologically, doctrinally, just meatballs coming at you. One of the things that I liked about this show is they had the words up on the screen as oh, they were singing. Yeah. Okay? okay. So I could really, I could really get into it. And yes, this older guy, the next morning I woke up, I looked at Donnie, I was like, my neck is so stiff. <laughs> Getting older is horrible. And he's like, man, he's like, I have mad respect for you for the way that you were rocking out last night. Dude, I had that whole back area of, of the, I just, reserved it for myself and i was having a good old time right the one man day. jar jar binks mosh pit. <laughs> and that's exactly what it was pastor kevin we're looking forward to doing many more things with you in the future thank you for taking the time to speak with us and we're so excited that we're able to share your ministry and for those of us that are interested in what we're doing over here check us out at lithoscry.com or if you want to send us an email uh, want to talk about metal want to talk about star wars jar jar banks whatever uh you can catch us at lithoscry l-i-t-h-o-s-c-r-y at gmail.com for now peace out and rock on lithoscry.com